What is up, guys, and welcome to the Meeple Minded Podcast, the podcast where we talk all things tabletop gaming. My name is Jason. And I'm James. And I did remember to put my phone on Do Not Disturb as the music was playing, James. Indeed. <laughs> have you managed to remember? I have. It was kind of you checking your phone that reminded me yeah, I needed yes. to do it. We're, we're, we're very well prepared on this show, we aren't are. we? We have a little checklist that we do before we, we go live every single time. I don't know where that checklist is, but I'm sure there is one. <laughs> um, but yeah, do not disturb on the phone because yes. it goes off all the time annoyingly very popular <laughs> granted it's usually like spam emails or something like that yes <laughs> anyway how have you been this week james oh, i've been all right jason how how are you getting over your cold because you've had a, a bit of a cold i have had a bit of a cold we it's been cold week hasn't it yeah <laughs> i mean I, I i well i hope that i sound a lot better this week yeah uh, i can actually talk which is uh which is, which is good, yeah. Last week was was painful, and I mean, it won't be out by the time this episode comes out. But that same week, I was also on uh, on Ant Man's podcast. Yep, uh, literally two days after recording ours, and yeah, my voice took a battering that week. Yep, but yes, all better now, thanks to the cough medicine. Yep, and the such. Yep, yep, yeah. We hope it's dying off now. We're we're in the final stages. We think. Yes, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there'll be something else coming along. Mm. To, to replace it you know we are in winter after all where it's fashionable to get something like 15 colds and flus and whatever else they want to come up with mm. not many games played this week james no We've been not. a bit lax yeah, we have um neither of us played games last night both just really drained and stuff i guess from the final recovery from the colds yeah and, and, and work such. just i just was knackered yesterday yeah yeah definitely but we are gonna probably crack out a game this evening after we finish recording which is, which is good yes. we, we can do that after i've eaten after you've eaten because i haven't eaten yet and i'm really really hungry so this will be a short episode james i know we say it every single time and nearly every single time it's exactly the same length yes but uh, before we get to our main topic, James, do you remember the game we played this time last year? Was it Azul, Jason? It was. It was. That has nothing to do with the fact that you told me that just before we went no, live. No, no, of course I didn't. You you just really dedicated to the cause. I am. I, 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 I researched. <laughs> By researched, you told me. Now, this is an interesting one because we're talking about the core game, Azul. Not, mm-hmm. not any of the sort of not gla- stained glass of Sintra, not Summer Pavilion. The, the core game, Azul. How do you feel about it a year on, James? Because I think with me, this is going to be the first where I've actually soured a bit on the game. But I think it's purely because the other ones are better yes. than the base game. How do you... Uh, have you changed your, your opinions? No, I I would have to agree with that one. After Stained Glass and Summer Pavilion came out, it's sort of like I look at the base game now and just go, why? Mm. Like, it's pretty good because it's probably the easiest to teach. I mean... It is still a game I would consider teaching new players and stuff like that. But I think when it comes to our usual game group, Mm. it's kind of always sat on this shelf and it very rarely comes off. Yeah. (laughs) Stained Glass is just a better game all round. Yeah. I I mean, I think for me, Stained Glass is my favourite. It is my favourite. I know you haven't played the brand new... Queen's Garden. Uh, Queen's Garden, yeah, I have. I've played it once. You know, first impressions would say it's not going to overtake Stained Glass for me. It may well for you because that game is far more thinky to the point that I'd even say it shouldn't have the name as all on the box. But we will get that one to the table soon, I do promise. Yep. Because I know you keep asking to play it. Yes, indeed. Um, so, yeah, we will arrange for that to happen soon. Hopefully sooner rather than later. But yeah, for me, Azul, is it a game that you would want to play again? No, I'd want to play one of the others. Yeah? 
I think I'm going to join you on that. I wouldn't say that my rating of it was wrong. Yeah, it's just it has been supplanted by its by by the ones that have come after it. Yeah. yeah so if, if anyone was to ask now, they were looking at buying an Azul. I would be saying, yeah, no, you want one of the other ones rather than base Azul. So today, James, it's going to be a topical discussion, mainly because I had no preparation for this episode whatsoever, with it being really busy and getting over the cold and and so on and so forth. But this one, we're going to be talking about king making. King making? King making. I am the king. Well, so am I. (laughs) I am the king. And in fact, neither of us is a king at this table. Because neither of us are in the king's chair. I mean, you are slightly. I, I am over. slightly further towards the king's chair. Therefore, I declare myself king. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll go with that, James. You are currently the king. So, for those of you that don't understand what I'm talking about when we say king making, I, James, when when I talked to you about this earlier, yeah, you knew what I was talking about, but you didn't understand the terminology. So, yes. king making is, for example. I have realized that we are in the last round of the game. There is no physical way that I can win this game. I then take it upon myself to perform an action which deliberately stops someone else from winning and allowing another player to take the victory. I have chosen who is going to win that game by making my choice of action. Mm. Is it or is it not the right thing to do? Is it unsportsman? to make that call, when you are knowingly making that call. Mm. How do we feel about king-making, James? Like most of these topicals, Jason, it entirely depends on which game you are playing, because there are many games where that's actually a core component of the gameplay. Yep, yep, I would agree. I mean, let's should we start with your favourite game? Yes. Let's start with Nemesis. Now, there are actually cards in the game that that's kind of what you're meant to do. You're actually supposed to make sure that... Yeah. A certain person doesn't win the game, but would you I would, say I that, mean, that we, really falls under king? When, when we were discussing this, I wouldn't say that that falls under king-making as you describe it, because that's an actual game objective. Mm. You know, either keep X player alive, basically yeah. unknowingly assisting them, or conversely, keep make sure X player dies, which means I'm guaranteeing that you're not going to win. Yeah. But that's part of the actual game. Yeah. So, I mean, for me... Using that as an example, that to me doesn't fall in the realms of kingmaking. Well, no, because if I achieve either of those objectives, I win. Yeah, yeah. So that that's core core gameplay component. No, kingmaking to me often comes in, uh, as you said earlier, any game that features or that heavily leans on things like area control, mm. that scythe in Esh. Yeah, where I think it usually comes out of someone who's been picked on the whole game has realized they're not going to win so he's going to sabotage the game of the person who's picked on them yeah see that in itself is where i think a lot of the sort of i'll I'll use controversy for lack of a better term when it comes to king making because when someone says oh yeah no i'm or has it in their mind i'm going to do this because they've been picking on me the entire game that is an act of I mean, it may not be meant in such a harsh way, but that is an act of spite, revenge. Yeah. That is actually, for me, a negative side of kingmaking. Mm. Whereas a positive side of kingmaking that I could look at would be, again, we'll use Inesh as an example. Granted, no matter what I do, I'm not going to win. However, if I perform this action, which is going to stop this person from winning and allowing this person to win, it will also allow me to move up in the standings just a little bit. Yeah. You know, for me, that is a positive form of kingmaking because I have 
not only performed an action that is negative on another player, it has performed a positive action on me. Yeah. So I've not done it out of spite or malice. That is genuinely, I'm, I'm trying to improve my standing, which is what we're all trying to do in a game. Yeah. I can't actually say kingmaking is a bad thing because no, there I mean, are certain I, circumstances. Like said, a, lot of, a lot of strategy games almost encourage it. You know, whether there's a ranking first, second, third, fourth, fifth, etc., etc. It's like, well, yeah, if I can't come first, I want to come as high up the table as it is. Of and course, that Im- yeah. inevitably means screwing someone over. Yeah. Now, I guess the perfect example to bring up here, James, is me. Mm. Because it's a pretty running joke, you know, pretty standard running joke within most of our game groups, ironically. You know, we've got more than one and all of them treat me the same way. No one likes me particularly winning games. That's because you do it unfavorably often. <laughs> Even when you're not trying. <laughs> well, this, as much as I want to deny it, that is, that is true. I tend to win more games when I'm not trying than I do when I actually try. But this is where I guess another negative or I guess positive spin on kingmaking could come in because while I find it funny that people decide that they need to gang up on me to make sure I don't win games... Some people could take offence to that. Yeah. So is it really an acceptable thing to do? I mean, it should also be noted that nine times out of ten, we fail miserably at, in, in our objective of stopping you from winning the game. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's not done maliciously, I think, is the thing. It's a joke. You know, it's like when we play games with a traitor mechanic, we automatically assume it's you. Of course. Yeah. Because nine times out of ten, it's you. So, I mean, that that's a good question. That's a very good point there, James. In a game that has a traitor mechanic, and you just automatically assume it's going to be someone, is that a form of kingmaking? Or is that just, no, it's, it's nothing to do with kingmaking? No, it's playstyle. Like, well, when it comes to you specifically, it's that nine times out of ten, Jason enjoys playing the traitor. Therefore, it's probably Jason. <laughs> and if it, just in case it's not, we're going to push you out the airlock anyway. <laughs> I can't blame people for doing it. I, I seem to have that really sort of... I guess most people would say un- unlucky side of things that I always seem to end up being the traitor. But as someone yep. who loves being the traitor, it's, like, what, what was, it's a very good thing. What was the game we played? Is the um, the Marvel themed one? Hail Hydra! Hail Hydra! And they didn't listen to me when I was screaming from the get go. Jason's the traitor. How do you know? He's picked Captain America. That's his favorite comic book, where Captain America turns out to be a Hydra agent. <laughs> And he despises Captain America. The fact that he's opted to pick that character automatically means he is the traitor. It is almost like a, a little hint. Isn't yeah, it, right? and they wouldn't listen to me. <laughs> and we won. Yeah. <laughs> just just for the record. But uh, yeah, so for you, is there any like particular situation that you could think of where you would say kingmaking has positive uh, aspects? To it? Uh, when, it, when it is actually part of the game, basically, like I said, you know, to improve your ranking or if the game's actual mechanics call for it. Because mm. there are also game types. I don't know what, I'm still fairly new to this. I don't know what the mechanic is called, but I know there are games where there's almost like a voting mechanic. You know, there are yeah. stages in the game where players must decide to push a story or an event or a character forward yeah. at each stage. That is literally kingmaking. Yeah. Um, I guess an- another type of game really where where this kind of thing could technically be sort of riddled with kingmaking i guess but they, they've installed certain mechanics in the games to try and make sure this happens party games you know the likes of cards against humanity joking hazard all of those kind of things if you were able to figure out 
there was a player that you particularly wanted to win. Yep. Because those games are so based on whoever gets to this amount of points wins. Yep. You could always, like every time you were the judge, for example, is like, if you knew exactly what their card was, it doesn't matter how, how good those other ones are. It's like, no, I'm going to pick that one. Yep. But I mean, that that would just ruin the game to me. But uh, no, um, one, that when we were talking about this earlier that you brought up, that's also a really good example of this is Downforce. Yes. Where it's all, it is literally part of the game because you have to bet on a car to win. Yeah. And if you didn't bet on your own car, mm. yeah. you're obviously going to push it to the front. You're going to push to the front, whichever one you bet on. Yeah. I mean, the the question is that while that is, it seems like kingmaking, the, I, even since we had that discussion earlier, I kind of question my own logic on it because while yes i am pushing them to win the race king making technically is meant to be me making them win the game Mm. whereas with that i'm not actually wanting them to win the game yes i want them to win the race but of course i want to be the one to win the game yep so is it king making it would come across it but i I mean it is it depends on how you view it because yes obviously did the game is determined by money but let's be honest, we all want to win the race. Of course, yeah. Despite the fact it's not how you win downfall. Yeah, but it's it, you can't help but it's like, no, I want my car to come first. Yeah. So here's an interesting one for you, Joe. Here's an interesting question. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how you would react to this. Most players during a game will spend the whole game stepping on other players. It's part of the game. Mm. In, a, in a competitive environment, competitive games, it's part of stepping on your opponent. It's, it's, just, it's just part of it. Mm. Why is it okay to do that throughout the entire game, yet at the end of the game, which is where kingmaking ultimately will happen, you do exactly the same thing that you would have done three turns before, yep. and suddenly it's a problem? I think because it's because it's accepted that you are trying to win the game, which is why it's acceptable to step on other players, you know, tactics, outmaneuver, you know, mm. screw over the other players, because it's that that is literally the aim of the game, to win. Kingmaking, I think, is frowned on because it's stealing the victory away. You're not directly going to benefit from it, except for, ha, you lost. Yeah. I guess cooperative games, you don't really find kingmaking because everyone's working as a team, aren't they? Yeah. So that kinds to be the genre that you don't really find kingmaking. But competitive games, it's all over. Yeah. Story-driven games as well. Yeah. I-, I would say one of the worst is definitely area control. Um, and again, to use Inesh as an example... There, there could be a, a situation where it's like, right, I can see that James is about to win with two victory conditions because he's in, you know, he's in the right amount of areas with the right amount of troops. He, he's dominant in those areas, which means he's got that victory condition. He's also, by being in those areas, going to achieve the victory condition of having the, the correct amount of uh, sanctuaries and things like that, which means he's got two victory conditions. However... I physically can't win this round. However, I can also see that uh, Lil Jimmy over here also has a victory condition, but just one. So I can stop James from from completing his objectives, you know, com- completing and winning with two victory conditions by taking him out in this area, which will also knock him down on the sanctuaries, which means I've just handed Lil Jimmy the victory on a silver platter. Now, chances are, James, I'm going to do that because I find it funny mm. to screw you over in a game. Yep. And while we are on a mutual understanding, yep, you find it funny as well, as, as grinding as it can be sometimes. That really is, to an outsider, could be viewed as quite a malice thing to do. Yeah, it could. But it's part of the game. 
That's, that's what I mean. Those area control games or, or encourage it. Mm. So would you say games that are like that because of things like king making are not good for, say, newbies? To play, I would say it's part of an understanding. Like I said, you know, another you've you've just given an example of negative king making. There again, positive king making can come where there are I mentioned it earlier, story driven elements to it or factions where it is my faction can't win, but I'm allied with this faction. So mm. story wise, I really should help them win. Yeah, yeah. If I can, if I can do something to stall their enemies, it, it fits the narrative of the game. Yeah. That sort of thing. I mean, I have one bit of advice, I guess, if if you're not really into the whole king-making thing and maybe having that victory snatched away from you. There, there is one thing that I would say, and that is, you know, don't... I've got to think of a way of saying this on a family-friendly show, but basically, don't be a male appendage yes. during the game to other players, and they're less likely to sort of... Conspire against Conspire you. against you or, or, you know, pick on you at the end causing you to lose yeah. that I game. mean, sometimes, again, you, you say picking on them. Sometimes it can happen non-maliciously. It's just, well, I want to win the game, and mm. stomping on you is the quickest path to that victory. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you just, like, uh, Scythe is like, yeah. it's when you play a full game of Scythe, it's like, well, you, you, sorry, but you're next to me, yeah. and I've just got that perfect storm of a setup. Yeah. It's nothing personal, but... <laughs> You yeah. just if it if it was like I'm picking on you, Jason. If it was little Timmy who started next to me, I'd be stomping on him. But yep. you just drew the short straw. So that that's why you always sit next to me at the table, <laughs> isn't it, James? I figured you out, son. Yeah. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, I think we're both as bad as each other as I. Well. What's the it first is, thing we're gonna do? How can I max, 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 max? How can I get here as quickly as possible <laughs> to destroy him? She's never good. That's not can... actually the objective of the game. Be quiet. We're having a mech fight. Yeah. You play your game, <laughs> we'll play ours. And in that, that instance, it gives everyone else... Technically, we're conspiring. Yes. There, James. We're conspiring as kingmakers to let the others win the game because we're so focused on destroying each other that we've completely lost track of what everyone else is yep. doing in the game. <laughs> yes, I like... Scythe is a deeply strategic game. What? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Charge! Oh, hang on a minute. I'm stuck on my island. I need mechs first. You could just build a tunnel. No, I need mechs. <laughs> oh, this has turned into a bit of a, a scythe there. Uh, yep. Scythe love fest there, isn't it? It is, I, again, I, I, I've said it multiple times. Games like that really do. That That's where the kingmaking comes in. Yeah. So... Anything else you can think of to bring up about kingmaking, James, or how to avoid it or, or anything like that? I don't think you can avoid it, because at the end of the day, if that's what a player is going to do, that's what a player is going to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if the only way to avoid it is to destroy your enemies completely and utterly so that you are the only victor. Yes. The Hunger Games. <laughs> Battle Royale. The that Hunger is Games. It. Be completely merciless and eliminate everyone. Therefore, no one is in a position to challenge you and be made king. Now, this is where I am. You to... king make yourself. Yes. <laughs> this is where I have to be the uh, you know the professional thing. And just, uh, <clears throat> the meeple minded does not uh, advocate king making in any way, shape, or form. I don't. I don't like sounding like that. <laughs> <laughs> of course we do. It's fun. Part of the role of king making. It just adds to the fun. If you're gonna do something like that, that would be another suggestion I would have. Is you know if you know what you're about to do. I mean, some people will do it 
without even knowing. But if you know what you're about to do, that your last action in this game serves you in no way, shape or form, but you know full well that it's going to shaft player one, make a joke of it. You know, <laughs> just make it funny. Because That's completely the opposite um, advice to what I would give. It's like, as you move your miniatures or roll your dice, whatever, be sure to maintain eye contact to assert your dominance. <laughs> <laughs> so there's two paths there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I know what I'm doing, and I'm going to enjoy this. Yes. <laughs> and in, in that instance, you want to get one of those big long sticks that they used to use during the war to move the pla- you know, move the pieces across. and just malicious smile. Mm-hmm. It's like I know what I'm doing, and you now know. Yes, what is that is that crestfallen look as they realise what you're doing? <laughs> what, what what what? Why would you be doing that? The- oh no! <laughs> Cue the calculon scream. Yeah. No. <laughs> So, yes, king-making. Interesting little subject. I, again, this is not its not us advocating for king-making. It's not us defending king-making it, or anything it, it like that. It happens, whether it's intentional or accidental, it happens. Yeah. It, it's a sort of side effect of, of, of competitive <coughs> gaming, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and when ga- the, the way I look at it, to be honest, is if a game is that close where you can perform a single action or a turn where it changes the winner from one person to another, yep. that is a sign of a really good game for me because yep. the game has been that close. Granted, I may well be out of it. I might not even be close. But the fact that two people have got that close, that I can make that decision, I can play board game God yep. and decide who was worthy. Who, you may have the first place, but who has the power? I have the power. <laughs> And He-Man as well. I can't wait for that game to turn up. We're not talking about that game. <laughs> That's it, guys. I don't think we can really talk about Kingmaking anymore. Yep. I said this was going to be well, a really say, quick episode. You, you say He-Man, it's like I kind of feel like when Skeletor gets the uh, gets the sword of power <laughs> recently <laughs> when I do it, it's like, oh, oh, who's got the power now? Huh? Oh, yes. <laughs> anyway, I would like to know what all you guys out there in podcast landia think about king making are you for it against it are you completely indifferent to it have we missed certain things because i would be interested to see if we have like is there a particular game you think that king making becomes a real problem in we'd love to know let us know on all the social media platforms or on our discord server links to those are in the podcast description now over to you paul captain captain Monopolonians have just dropped out of warp off our starboard bow. They're hailing us. What did they say, Captain? They want to charge us rent. Why? We're apparently in their space and ruining the atmos of their new space hotel. They want how much? Don't they know we're part of a supranational interstellar union of multiple planetary nation-states that operate semi-autonomously under a single central government, founded on the principles of liberty, equality, peace, justice and progress, with the purpose of furthering the universal rights of all sentient life, exchanging knowledge and resources to facilitate peaceful cooperation, scientific development, space exploration and mutual defence, and therefore have no need for antiquated notions such as currency and economics. 
Well, apparently not. <gasps> They're opening fire. Shields holding. Okay, firing everything we've got. Enemy destroyed, Captain. Oh god, I'm bored. I told you we can't play Starship Captains. The box is damaged and has to go back. No, not even once. Look, I was looking forward to it too, but these things happen. Look, go find something else to play and I'll get on with the news, alright? Um, button please. Thank you. Contra, the board game from Adam and Brady Sadler, and Mega Man Adventures from Peter Gosis and Michael D. Kelly, each of which is an adaptation of the original Nintendo Entertainment System video game, and sharing a box design that's not too dissimilar from the old cartridges, are finally making their way to the retail market. The two games were first announced by Blacklist Games, with pre-orders for Contra the board game having opened back in July 2020 and are now rolling out to stores as we speak. Ravensburger continues to find new ways to push its Disney licensing with the announcement of Disney Space Mountain game All Systems Go from designers Chris Leader and Kevin Rogers, giving you a way to skip the lines and emulate the amusement park ride. The game is a press-your-luck design, with you trying to visit five spaceports and complete five mission cards. But if you can't afford to fuel the navigation dice rolled, on your turn, you lose any current progress. In 2023, ILO plans to release micro-expansions for several of its titles, with King of Tokyo, even more Wicked, being first up, allowing you to add the Wickedness gauge from its King of Tokyo Dark Edition to a standard game of King of Tokyo. From the samples on show, these powers seem to be the same as the ones included in that standalone game. Board Game Arena has seen an increase in available games since its acquisition by Asmodee back in February 21, which have gone on to expand into competitions and tournaments playable online. The latest to be added to the plethora of content is the one and only Ticket to Ride. Though not available at present, a number of expansions will also be coming to Board Game Arena in the future. Ian Livingstone's Judge Dread board game, first released back in 1982 by Games Workshop, has been updated into a new edition from UK publisher Rebellion Unplugged and is set for release this month, only 40 years later, now under the name of just Judge Dread. The edition features updated cards and rules, recoloured art from Brian Boland and Ian Gibson, a refreshed graphic design and the introduction of specialist judges. Cheesemaster is set to be released in early 2023 from Johan Benvunto and Alexandra Droit for two to eight players in which you attempt to determine how much cheese remains in the supply after each roll of the dice. Mice will eat the cheese, but cats will chase them away prior to the meal, with the exception of dogs scaring away the cats. Guessing correctly in a round and you lose two points, but you lose one point for not guessing at all. So is it better to make a guess? And our main story this week, following on from Catan creator Klaus Tuber's announcement last week on a novelization of his beloved game creation, comes the news that the Catan World Championships makes its return later this month. 
Catan is looking to crown its next bigwig of bricks and sovereign of sheeps. The popular board game is holding its three-day world championship competition in Malta, Italy, in order to decide the best Catan player on the planet. Co-hosted by Catan Studio, distributor Cosmos and Catan GmbH, the world championship hasn't taken place since 2018. Normally held every two years, alternating hosts between Cosmos and Catan Studio. The COVID-19 pandemic delayed 2020's scheduled bout. The group of more than 80 players pulled from qualifiers in 2019, 2021 and 2022 will all gather for the largest board game battle in the event's history. Appropriately held on the island county of Malta, which rests in the Mediterranean Sea, south of Italy, the Catan World Championship will take place from November 18th through to November 20th. Fans and those intrigued by the notion of a competitive level Catan can catch a live stream hosted on the board game's official website. Defending champion Quetzal Jimenez will return from Mexico to guard their title. The ultimate winner will be awarded a stunning trophy and, of course, bragging rights as the best road builder, brick trader and bandit dodger of the globe. Catan is the powerful, universal story of humanity's quest to explore the world, and by having the 2022 World Championship, we are bringing that quest to life. Players will have to be clever, flexible and adaptable to bring home the championship title, said Kelly Schmitz, Catan Studios brand development director. One of the core messages of Catan is that we all grow and prosper peacefully, said Benjamin Tuber, Klaus's son and CEO of Catan GmbH. In order to achieve prosperity, we must trade wisely with one another and help each other out. My pick of games on crowdfunding this week has to be the board game adaptation of 1981's John Carpenter movie Escape from New York, with the game going with the same title. Escape from New York, the board game, has been designed by Kevin Wilson and is being published by Pendragon Game Studio, with licensing agreements with Studio Canal, so most of the visual artwork in the game is from the movie itself, and the project can be found over on GameFound. The premise of the game, if you're not familiar with the movie, is in the future, crime is out of control, and New York City's Manhattan has become a maximum security prison. Convicts within the prison manage to bring down the president's plane into their backyard and take him hostage. Snake Pliskin, a wanted, one-eyed lone warrior, finally captured, is coerced into bringing the president, the cargo he was carrying, out of New York within 24 hours. So, you go in, find the president, Bring him out in less than 24 hours and you're a free man. So in Escape from New York, the board game is a semi-cooperative game for one to four players, where you can take on the role of Snake or one of the three characters he makes an uneasy alliance with in the form of Brian, Maggie or Cabby, as you attempt to rescue the president, find his precious tape and bring them out to safety. All this while dealing with the gangs of the most dangerous prison in the world, the entirety of Manhattan. You can work together, search for the three things you need, the president, the president's case, and a diagram of the bridge's mine locations. That being said, you may just want to decide to secretly satisfy your own personal objective at any moment during the game, escaping from New York alone and betraying your companions. But whatever you decide, 
you must face the bands of Manhattan, headed by the Duke of New York, who will hinder you by moving prisoners and bosses to consume the short amount of time you have to complete your mission. There are three pledges, not including the retailer pledge, as well as additional add-ons which can be included in your backing. First up is the core pledge, which will get you everything you need to play, including any unlocked stretch goals associated with this pledge, and this will set you back £51. The hero pledge includes everything from the core pledge, but includes the heroes and prisoners add-on, which replaces the standees and tokens from within the base game for 400mm hero minis and 28mm prisoner minis, as well as the unlocked stretch goals for £65. Or go all in for the Not A Fool pledge at £110, which gets you everything from the previous pledge, but also includes a neoprene game board, two extra expansions in the form of Bands of New York, which includes the ability to add a fifth player, along with extra bosses and components. Also included is United States Police Force expansion, which includes extra miniatures and game components. The expansions themselves can be included at any pledge level, as can the neoprene game mat, along with branded card sleeves and indeed a miniature for the president, which isn't actually included in any of the pledge levels. So watch out for that one if you were going to go in for that, any of the higher pledge levels, which include miniatures. The campaign is over on GameFound and ends Tuesday, November the 8th. So Brian, what are we playing? Oh, Outer Rim, good choice. So we're going from discovering strange new worlds and civilizations to a galaxy far, far away. Nice. Well, could be one franchise to the other, but hey-ho. Right, say goodbye to everyone for me. And it's a goodbye from me. Keep safe, meeples. Keep those dice rolling, the cards shuffling, and we'll be right here for you next week. Oi, Brian. Bagsy me, Boba Fett. Thank you very much for that, Paul, and thank you guys for joining us once again for another topical discussion here on the Meeple Minded Podcast. James, how do you think this one meant, and how good is it to make me the king in every single game? <laughs> how do I think this one went? Is that before or after the edits? Well, yeah, I mean, there's a fair few. <laughs> uh, no, it's gone well, Jason, um, and, you know, I level, do my level best to avoid making you the king. I prefer watching you crash and burn. Well, I mean, I would prefer to crash them because I find more enjoyment out of losing a game. However, as I said, as you said as well, everyone seems to conspire to make me the king in every every game. Because while I try to lose the game, you try to make me lose the game. You're just assisting me. Maybe you should you know, try to make me win and then I'll actually lose. No, it probably won't work either. No, of course. I get to learn the games before anyone else. That, 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 we'll, we'll look at it that way. That's why. This is why I try not to be in games when I'm teaching new people, but there you go. Anyway, I am hungry. Mm -hmm. I am really itching to play a game of some sort. So shall we say goodbye for another week? Let's do it. Let's do it. Till next week, guys. My name has been Jason. And I've been James. And he nearly forgot his name there. You've been listening to the Meeple Minded Podcast. Join us next week for more tabletop gaming goodness. Ta-ta, goodbye. Goodbye.